Last episode, I spoke with a sperm donor, and this episode, I'll be speaking with an egg donor. She shares her thoughts, her feelings, and what she went through, as well as her natural curiosities about what happened after her donation. I'm Jana Repnow, therapist, author, and host of this podcast, and if you are thinking of contacting your donor, it really helps to go about it in a very intentional way, and I'm going to share more about that at the end of this episode. Out of donor-conceived people, recipient parents, and donors, donors are the least heard from out of all um, in the arena of donor conception. So we're talking about those three different areas. And, you know, the more, I think the more that gets out there about this, and you can tell me what's let you, led you, it, the more that donors want to come forward and kind of tell their story and the more you're learning too. So um, I just, thanks for being here today, Melissa. And uh, Melissa reached out to me on Instagram and we started talking there after a post about I shared. Um, and you were actually looking for support, right, Melissa? Uh, yeah, I um I have been it's been I'm I don't know any other donors and so in real life and yeah. I think there had been kind of a phase where um you know, it's time has gone on and I've wondered what's happened, you know, and I've been yeah. left with kind of a mix of emotions regarding all of it in general. So yeah. How long ago was it? Um, my first donation was in 2009. And um, I think I can't remember it's between 2009 and 2010. So Mm -hmm. I definitely, there were three donations. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think the last one was 2010. So Mm -hmm. yeah, three, three times. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I know you wrote to me and said, I, I, at the time you were struggling single with being a single mom mm-hmm. yep. and, you know, really haven't been able to talk to anybody about this, about everything that you went through and you've wondered about the children that were created. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You also mentioned that your body hasn't ever been the same. So I'd like, we can definitely get into that. Yeah. I have questions that around the time we were interacting, I posted out on, on Instagram. I was like, what would you like to ask this wonderful person that I've been inter- interacting with? And And they said, and I got some questions back. So I shared those with you and we're going to go over those today too. So, um, but let me just kind of start out, you know, with your story first, because although, you know, the questions are important and what parents want to know out there, I really want to hear from you and your experience, uh, what it was like. How did you first find out about being able to be a donor? Um, the very first time that I'd even heard of anything like that, I was working, I was, um, interning at a dentist office and one of the ladies that I worked with, she was telling me that her daughter was donating her eggs. And I thought, wow, that's like really cool. And it, it always was something that I kind of wanted to do, but it, it just didn't happen until later. And so around that time, it was right around nine 11. And I remember all of that because of, I, I don't know, it just seemed like the emotions were higher at that point, you know, they were, they and were, so it yeah. felt like what a cool thing to do to like be able to help a family. Oh gosh. Life, you know? And so, um, I didn't think about it until later. Um, and then I went through a really bad divorce and, um, yeah. So my ex, he was, <laughs> like very abusive, but left Mm. all of the debt in my name. Like I had had good credit when we got married. And then 
uh, he left the debt in my name and I was kind of stuck with it for over a year. He was supposed to take care of his half. I had creditors calling me, um, threatening to take me to court and he wasn't concerned at all about it, but I was stressed because I had no money mm-hmm. and I was trying to provide for our two daughters. Um, he was living at his parents' house on the other side of the, the, you know, the country. And I had moved back to Utah, which is where I'm from mm-hmm. and was taking care of him. And I was very stressed about the finances and stuff. And so that's when I started looking into donating because I was desperate. So it was just needing some money to pay off the debt. And, you know, so it was just kind of a tough time. Yeah. So would you say this, you know, you definitely needed that help and this horrible thing to go through. I'm so sorry. It's so scary. Um, and so you had that, and then you also had this desire back from 9-11. And man, do I remember those emotions were high too. Wow. I can look back at my journal and just see how intense. It was just such a face with, we were all faced with more, our mortality yeah. in such a different way. Yep. And yeah, so I think it did influence a lot of people's thinking and ch- it changed the world forever. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, so you kind of had those two collide, it sounds like, come together. and Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't even know how I even found out about it but I reached out to the office and talked to somebody and then I created my profile. And within like a day or two of submitting it, I had a couple want me to be their donor. And so I thought, wow, like, that's really cool. And, um, you know, I just felt like I was, it was like a win-win, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At the time. And I felt like, you know, it was, kind of divine if that you know what I mean like some something like it was something that I was here to help someone with and um I also had I don't know like I have most of my close friends have had problems conceiving and so it felt very personal Mm -hmm. like it felt like it was a way of giving back you know yeah yeah I always felt kind of I know this sounds weird but I also felt a little bit of like guilty that I was able to have children so easily. And so I just, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. You sound like a really giving person. It's a really kind person. Yeah. And so that's, so yeah, so you wanted to give and you did and, and, you know, I know today 20, here we are 2022 and this is more on the socials about donor conceived adult perspectives. And so it, what do you remember the shift where you were like, Whoa, I mean, cause you, you did say you were, you thought about them. So you probably yeah. thought about them before that even. Yeah. Um, I've, I've definitely like, it's always been in the back of my mind. Um, I had, I had, um, so I got remarried about three years after my divorce and, you know, we, um, waited for, I don't know, a little bit to start having more kids. I always knew I wanted to have, you know, a big family. And, um, and then, so we had a son and then, um, in 2017, I had a set of twins Mm -hmm. and, um, so it opened me up to a community of twin moms and, um, I can't, I don't remember how this all happened, but somebody in the group, had mentioned something about their egg donor. And I was like, oh my gosh, like 
this, this woman, um, she had used uh, an egg donor Mm -hmm. and we got talking a little bit and became friends. And, you know, um, I had never, I don't know, like it, again, you don't realize who has had IVF treatment or, you know, like his use a donor or you don't know, you know, and I mean, you wouldn't know a lot of times, I think, unless somebody said something. And so it kind of started my mind going and she was so sweet and she's like, you're not my donor, but she would like, you know, express gratitude and stuff. And it kind of made me realize that most likely my, the recipients were local, you know, and because a lot of women that have IVF also have twins, like there's a higher rate, you know, Mm -hmm. it got me thinking and like, start my, you know what I mean? Like I started thinking, like wondering if I know who, who, I don't know. Yeah. That's what the end donor conceived adults wonder that too. Yeah. And Mm There's kind of a couple of things uh, in the last few years. Like I found out that um, in 2009, found out that I have a a cousin that we didn't know about. And um, my uncle, it was, he didn't have any other children. So this was like his only biological child. And he was absolutely thrilled. Mm -hmm. Like it's changed his life and they live really close together. They're super close. And he has grandchildren now, and it's just given him so much meaning and purpose. It's been amazing. Wow. And then I found out about four years ago that I have a nephew that's grown, <laughs> like he's Whoa. an adult. Yeah. So we've gotten close and um, he's married and he has children and I'm super grateful to have them in my life. And, you know, we invite him to everything and you know, we flew out together to my grandma's funeral last year on the same plane and flew back together and it was awesome. There, it's been on my mind a lot. I, mm-hmm. my, my, the thing that bothers me about all of this is that I wish that I would have had more of like, had known them earlier, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. And so that yeah. got me thinking a lot about, knowing that like I have, I I mean, I don't know what the proper term is. I call them biological children um, out there. And it kind of bothers me a little bit because I just don't know. And I'm hoping I would be thrilled to at least know that they were in a good family and happy and thriving. And that's all. It'll give you You peace of mind. Yeah. 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 You just never know. And it it bothers me because I'm partly responsible for that. Mm. Like, I wouldn't have, like, I realized that I have a role in that. And I don't think at the time there was like this amount of desperation um, at the time mm-hmm. that I wasn't thinking clearly. And I do remember mm-hmm. crying when I was signing the papers because I was like, I, this is real, you know? Yeah. And as time has gone on, it's hit me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I can't speak for every donor because I, I don't know. But that's my experience is as time has gone on, it's bothered me more mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. And as you learned more and, and got older and it, in different situations, mm-hmm. it makes sense Yeah, that, you know, there's a lot of times there's a thought that donors should be older 
um, mm-hmm. because they will know more how it will impact their life. But, you know, yeah. back even in 2009, I'm sure the word was still anonymity, right? There was like, yeah. they yep. won't know you, you won't know them. And yeah. yeah. And so it, but is it, would it be possible for you to find out, find them today through like a registry? I, I have no idea. I, okay. I left my end open. Okay. Um, like I'm like totally like, I would be, I, I actually hope that someday I find out like, that's my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're even interested. I understand that there's like, I, you know, a lot of complications to all of it, like, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just kind of sucks in that way. Cause would, yeah, I don't know. Do you, um, have you signed up for the registry for if they wanted, if the parents wanted to find you that they could? I don't think so. I don't know how any of that would work. And oh. I think that's kind of why I was reaching out. Cause it's like, yeah, gotta be some way like, yeah, you know, because I feel like especially the one donation, the, the recipient, the mother wrote me a beautiful card and mm-hmm. I felt, I actually wrote her something mm-hmm. just cause I don't know. I didn't know anything about her. I just, it was so hard that particular round and I still have the card and you know, I just, it's just meaningful. I, yeah. It is meaningful. And I felt like the, the, reproductive center that I went through, I felt like it was kind of more them keeping it private. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand mm-hmm. any of it. I don't, I don't either. Honestly. Well, it's just, it started that way. So you know how, when things just start a certain way, that's the way yeah. people do it. They're like, well, that's why they did it before. So that's the way we'll do it. Well, that's the way they did it. So we'll do it that uh-huh. way. It, I feel like that's, that's why. And yeah. it's easier to, than having to hire staff to, to, to manage the relationships or coordinate the, yeah. when things get, you know, human relationships are complex. So, are. um, but when, so it seems like, yeah, you had this opportunity maybe the, the recipient mom was open. Um, mm-hmm. maybe they still even are open. And so you can sign up for the donor sibling registry. The problem with this now mm-hmm. is that it's expensive and that you as a donor, I, I hate that you have to incur that that expense, mm-hmm. um, because but as, as it is, but you can also look on Facebook groups and do a donor sh- search under your donor number. Do you still remember your donor number? I, I actually just pulled up my, my, I have all my emails and I think okay. I have in there. Okay. So it would be, that would be amazing. You can so. even share it on here if you want. And just, if somebody happens to be listening and, and wants to reach out to me and, I can connect you. So, you know, feel free to, if that feels comfortable, feel free to share your donor number and the clinic that you went through and, you know, heck, maybe we'll make a connection here. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've certainly tried the other way with Nikita and and her donor. Um, Still no news on that, unfortunately, but you know, you, you've probably heard me say this on the podcast before that I screened a lot of donors Yeah, beginning in 2010, right after you donated. Um, Mm -hmm. And most egg donors say what you say. They say, I, I wouldn't mind being open. I don't mind if the parents contact me, I want to respect their privacy and their of course boundaries, but I understand if they want to know more. And so I've also experienced that many times donors Mm -hmm. are open and it's really the clinics that are, and the banks that are saying, 
now let's keep this closed. Now, of course that's changing now, you know, mm-hmm. now we're in a different time and they're talking to clients and they're saying, yeah, it's open ID at 18 or this is, you know, mostly it's open ID at 18, but I wow. still always ask the parent, like, but do you know how they feel now? Like, would they be okay now? And they're like, you know, I don't really know. They just said open ID at 18. And I'm like, well, you never know. Maybe they would be okay if you wanted to exchange information now. So write it into your contract that that you will pay for them to sign up for the donor sibling registry as mm-hmm. an egg donor. And then they don't have to incur the cost as the donor. And then they, if they want to sign up after you, you know, have a success, successful pregnancy, if they sign up and you want to go find out, you can find them. Yeah. No barriers. Yeah. And I, I think that's awesome. I, I just, you know, at that point it was like, nope, nope. You know, there was no like budging with like the, the mm-hmm. clinic that I went through was like, nope, this is how we do it. This is the only way we do it. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Well, but yeah, with, um, DNA testing and everything, like I, I mean, I've, I check all the time, like, just because I'll get like a notification, you know, for myself saying that I have a match and I always check because that's how my nephew found us. Yeah. So, cause he's my top match. And so I don't know, I just hope someday, you know, whoever my recipients were like that they're open to it. I just, I don't know. It just kind of sucks to not know. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, uh, donors are viewed as just genetic material. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just. Yes, I do. Transactional and that's it. And it's, it's a lot more complicated, I think, especially for egg donors, because mm-hmm. it's a harder process and it's. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ugh, it was, it was interesting. Um, yeah, not, not the funnest month. Um, but yeah. Did you have uh, any medical complications? Well, so I had never been on hormonal birth control ever. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I knew that my body wouldn't react to it well. And so it was probably emotionally and mentally like one of the hardest periods of my life. Like not, you know, like time in my life, just because it was I remember crying a lot and everything being so heavy. And I do remember like physically, like I started breaking out along my jawline, like really bad. And that didn't clear up until like maybe a year ago. Whoa. Being a, like a a functional medicine doctor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've had, I don't, and I don't know how much of this stuff is connected. Mm -hmm. Um, I just know that there were things that changed. Um, I did gain weight during that time period too, like really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it felt like after all of that, it was a little bit harder to lose it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I've had, and I, like I said, I don't know how much of this is connected. Um, I've had like, um, uh, I've, you know, felt my ovulation more like I mm-hmm. even pain. just this last week, like the pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did find out like about six years ago that I have some fibroids and I don't know if any, I've never heard of anything in my family like this mm. and I don't know if it's connected or not. Yeah. I do remember asking very specific questions about the hormones and everything that I was on and asking if it was safe and like, 
if there's long-term studies, if it will increase my my chance of getting cancer or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because those are things you have to think about. It's like, is this worth, you know? Yeah. Getting, I mean, I got paid like $3,000, which that sounds so sad now, (laughs) like for, you know what I mean? Like, but, um, it does. And we're possibly developing something. Right. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. There, the Ovado project, um, O V A D O does research on egg donation and uh-huh. to, you know, are you, uh, have you signed up to, you can, if you haven't any egg donors, you can s- reach out to the Avado project and, uh, give them information about your experience, what you went oh. through. Yeah. The f- physical wow. side effects, anything, any health updates, and they're doing long-term studies for egg donors. Um, so, yeah. so you can be fully informed, that, but that's important. And that's the yeah. thing is I feel like, again, um, I forget what the term is called, but it's like, where they tell you the risks and it felt like they were all like just pushing it. You know what I mean? Like everything's yeah. fine. There's nothing to worry about. You know, there's no long-term problems. People do it all the time. And, but you know, for, mm-hmm. for me, I, I've had to worry about that. and. I have really good like family health history. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I don't know, like if something were to pop up, especially hormonally related or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I would probably wonder if it had something to do with, with, you know, whatever, I forget what they're, all the shots and everything are called, but yeah. Well, one of them is, I know Lupron. Um, yeah, Lupron. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, this study that uh, on the Avado project by Dr. Diane Tober, you know, one result did, um, did say that among high responding egg donors that, uh, in, that are at risk for OHSS, which is ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. Oh. Lupron, yeah. Lupron trigger results in a much milder cases of OHSS compared to triggers that include HCG, uh, but mm-hmm. it doesn't completely eliminate the risk for the condition. Interesting. So, I think that could have been, you know, when I, when I was donating and I remember them checking, um, my ovaries and stuff, they were talking about how many eggs I was producing. They were like, wow. And at the time, like, you know, they don't tell you how many they actually retrieve. They didn't No, they don't tell, they didn't tell me anything. Wow, really? Um, they would not, they would, they told, I remember getting the ultrasound and them counting. And I feel like I remember the egg count being anywhere from like 20 to 30. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't know what is normal, but they told me that I was produced, I had produced more or what, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about it, but mm-hmm. I do wonder if that's how I conceived my twins. You know, I don't know. I do have, we do have a family history of twins, but like mm-hmm. fraternal twins, but I wonder if that may have contributed to it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. And I don't know how that stuff could like affects anything like that long-term. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. And I'm Diane might be able to find, she's published her, some of her published articles are on that, the website of it's called the website's really easy. It's eggdonorresearch.org. And she's got some stuff. So anybody who wants to check that out, go for it. Um, Lots of information there that's really good to know, including, uh, you know, with the number of eggs is relevant, like you talked about, because 
the more eggs um, they, what they found is there were no, no reports of severe OHSS on cycles in which donors reported producing 10, 10 eggs or fewer. So kind of like, there's this risk of the more they eggs, they try to get out of you, the more they sort of increase the medication that will cause you to produce eggs, the more a possibility for that OHSS. Did you have that at all? Any symptoms of ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome? Did you even know what that was at the time? I didn't know. I, I had no, I, and I have since then, um, I, I've had like cysts, Mm-hmm. ovarian cysts, like, but it comes with my cycle. It's not, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else going on. <laughs> like I should probably get it all checked up. I just, I don't know, you yeah. know, who knows? It's, it's, it's an exaggerated condition that a uh, response to excessive hormones. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it, it stimulates the development of your eggs and your ovaries, but it can just, uh, you can have a response where you have swelling and pain, pain in your abdomen, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. So, um, as far as long-term effects, I don't know anything about that. It'd be a good question for a doctor. We'd, you know, say if there's a long-term, if there's something that happens a long-term or if it's more of an acute situation that resolves itself after, you know, it, within a week or two or however long, I'm not really sure. So yeah, something that maybe we can get a doctor on here to help <laughs> maybe at yeah. some point answer some questions. Cause, mm-hmm. and it, I know if you reach out to Diane and her website, she will have a good, some, probably some information, at least a little bit on that or where to direct you. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I love that you're talking about Kana, how, you know, what your body's been through. I've had recipient parents come to me and, and, you know, they share their story of the infertility they've been through. And they say, and I, they tell me those, like, I, I feel for my donor because I know what she's going to have to go through. When I shared your story, um, it, I can't tell you the amount of recipient parents that were so excited to hear from you. So one question that I got asked, one of the very first uh, questions I've I've got asked, and this is because nowadays people are more educated, parents are more educated, and they're more thinking about contacting their donor um, mm-hmm. and sort of you know being in contact at some point. So the question was, what would be your ideal relationship? I don't, I mean, it's hard because I'm a mom. I have a lot of love for children and for people. And so it's whatever, whatever they need me to be, you know, like, I don't know how to say that. I respect um, the recipient families and I respect like their privacy and everything. I don't know. Like I. I don't know. It, it just depends on what they want. I understand, you know, I, I, I understand the complications to all of it. If, you know, like for instance, the donor child, or I I don't know the terms (laughs) like, that's okay. Yeah. The the child, the donors conceived adult child or whatever, Mm -hmm. if they feel the need to have a relationship, great. I'm here for it. You know, I know my kids, I have my oldest is 18 and I have a seven, 16 year old and then nine and then five-year-old twins. And so my kids all know oh, about, good. I've good. never sold it from them. Mm-hmm. I've been very open. My oldest two totally get it. And they're like, man, I hope that someday we're able to like, know, you know, our Aww. biological things. They they definitely want that. And they're great kids. And so I don't know, it's just whatever, you know, I, mm-hmm. That's really nice. 
it to be whatever they need. Kind and of so, that flexibility. It sounds like yeah, you know, that. Yeah, yeah. And that's so key is like flexible, adaptable, respectful, all those things will help. And as you navigate this, like you're figuring out this new dance together. Yeah. So, And I, you know, I've, I don't know, to me, love is infinite and there's no, it's not like, oh, if, you know, if I have a relationship with this child that I can't have enough love to go around. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like sometimes people get caught in that scarcity and that fear of, of, um, mm-hmm. somebody taking their place. I don't have any intention of anything like that. I, yeah. I don't know what the recipient parents experiences. I imagine that there's some tender feelings there. I don't know, like mm-hmm. with their situation and I'm, I'm aware enough to know that where my place is, but I'm also okay with whatever, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that makes any sense at all. It it totally does. And it's, I think it's helpful for parents to hear that, how a lot of egg donors understand and are respectful of the situation. It just kind of maybe eases some of those fears. You know, it's this next question is so interesting because I'm, it's this has, have you been given stats on your eggs that you donated and how many children resulted? I have been given nothing. They will not tell me. They have not told me. It's like nothing, (laughs) nothing, zero. So you don't even know like, okay, this probably isn't the case, but there's a possibility that there aren't any out there. Yeah, it's true. It's possible. There's none. And then that's frustrating because like you've been thinking about it all this time. Oh yeah. That's not yeah. fair to you, yeah. right? To have to mm-hmm. like, would, yeah. would you, can, let, let me ask you this. If you found out today, if we, we did this and we got the clinic and they said, you know what, none of them worked, which I don't think is going to happen. But if that happened, would there be a sense of loss for you? I think so. I, yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I would feel sad. I know that sounds, that sounds so weird. No, it doesn't. Cause there's an idea of these, of these human beings out there. Yeah. They were created and that's important. And it just shows that donors aren't just a cell. Donors right. are a person too. Mm-hmm. Seems so obvious to say that, doesn't it? But yeah, it would, yeah. I would actually be kind of heartbroken if, mm-hmm. if that even sounds possible. It's, yeah. it's almost like, you know, this, I mean, I, I believe that there's children out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel confident of that, but that would be really weird. And I think I would, I think it, there would be for me, like kind of a weird process of like grieving, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause it's so confusing. And that even just like, well, the grief of the loss of what you thought was mm-hmm. a reality that wasn't. Yeah. And what's crazy about that, this whole thing is you, that, that unknown, because you weren't given that information that you have this unknown, this mystery to live with uh-huh. when it could easily just, at least that piece of it could have easily been solidified at some point. Yes. You have uh-huh. this many offspring, this many children were a result. I don't like to use the word offspring. So I caught myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, they'd use that in journals in reproductive mm-hmm. medicine, but um, this many people were conceived and exist because of you, you know, that, that would be nice to know mm-hmm. at the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I, that's always bothered me. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, it feels kind of like, it's like, you don't even deserve to know. <laughs> I know oh, it's like, right. that's kind of what it feels like. It's like, well, we got what we wanted out of, you now. go away, oh. you know, which feels kind of weird. Cause I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a sentimental person. And so that like, it bothers me. Oh, yeah. that would bother me. I get that too. And, you know, listen, there are plenty of people out there. Maybe that wouldn't, they'd be like, ah, whatever, Yeah. but, but that, sure. that there are people that that matters. And that's, I think there's so many different personalities that we have to respect all, um, and not treat it as such a transaction. Yeah. Um, and it's, I know it's good for donor conceived adults that are listening to hear this too. It makes them probably feel better that they aren't, they weren't just a result of a transaction, but somebody who cared. Definitely. And I, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I know that that was definitely not a thing for me. I, Mm -hmm. it was a very hard decision for me, but, um, it was an emotional one for sure. And I've had, I've actually had a lot more criticism about it than anything, um, from people who have, yeah. And I've never hidden it. I've been very open about it, but yeah, I've had people close to me say that I sold my children. It is hard because I, sometimes I do think that and it's painful, but it's not, I felt like it was a good thing to do and being able to like help a family, like, you know, um, people who were in a situation where they, you know, wanted a family and they couldn't. So Mm -hmm. hard. It was a, it wasn't transactional. Um, um, it definitely was a hard place to be in at that point for sure. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, how about, let me offer the flip side then let's say, you know, there are, which I think there probably are, um, donor conceived adults or children, I guess they'd be children, right? 2009. No, yeah. yeah children um, that are out there. And if they wanted to, what if, how'd you feel if they contacted you? And we kind of, I know you already, I think I can guess, but I want to ask you that. Cause that was the question that someone asked me, a parent, how would you feel if your donor, they're saying here, I'm using their words. If your donor child contacted you, I would be thrilled. I, I mean, it's, I, I feel (laughs) like I I've thought about this before and I'm like, I just hope. And I pray that by the time I die, like I'm able to meet them or Mm -hmm. no, Mm -hmm. um, because it feels, it feels like it's, it is part of me kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, I do like, um, yeah, I hope, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know when you answered, when we were talking about this, you said that you, on your end, it was open. Oh Um, yeah. You left the case open, Mm -hmm. but they may not, you know, the parents, they may not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The last question, how would that, I think there were many, but these were the four top ones. How would you like prefer to be contacted by these children? If, um, if they find you however possible. I have a really big problem with answering my phone because uh-huh. <laughs> I get so many scammers calling me. So yeah, I do too. <laughs> every way possible, like it until you get contact. So okay. calling text, email, send okay. me a letter, whatever, like, okay. Um, until there's contact until, you know, in my opinion, I would 
if I, if it were flipped, I would, I would wait until I got some kind of like response, either, you know, like go away or yes, mm-hmm. I want it. I'm interested, you know, yeah. because to me, it's like, I can't tell you like how many times things have slipped through the cracks for me, like mm-hmm. just try, someone trying to get in touch with me. And I don't answer my phone. If I don't, if I don't know the number, I don't answer my phone and yeah. I rarely check my voicemail. So yeah, the best way would probably be all, all, all avenues. If Do you know, all, yeah. yeah. Cause I'm mm-hmm. just, there's so much, there's so much junk mail and there's so much, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. It's like, what is this? You know, hearing you speak is so great. Just hearing how, um, you, what your feelings are as mm-hmm. a donor and gives you, gives like a voice and a real human behind, um, behind the story of, of donation. Um, mm-hmm. we also, in a lot of the conversations that people are having, whether it's meetings, stakeholder meetings, or meetings through different reproductive groups or mm-hmm. um, banks, um, the there is no donors represented. But yeah, so that's an an opportunity if you're a donor and you want to get more information or support or connect with other donors, you can go to We Are Donors, um, We Are Egg Donors on I believe it's on Facebook. I think they have a website. And, um, or if you're not really a Facebook person or, you know, that's not your avenue, um, you know, jump in on the International Donor Conception Awareness Day, and hopefully we'll be able to expand that and have, you know, some, maybe even some support groups for former donors, um, and just lend your voice to, to the, to the field today. And yeah, how can we, you know, continue to make it a good experience for families and donors? Yeah. You know, you're a family too. And your impact, yeah. your family, your kids, your husband, your future family, grandkids, maybe they're all affected too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, um, I know that they, you know, especially my older kids, they have opinions on it and they feel very like they definitely want to know <laughs> at mm-hmm. some point and they have like, mm-hmm. I feel like it affects them and in a, in, it could be in a very positive way. And yes, you raise a good point. It's important to consider the donor's children. And especially when you're reaching Mm -hmm. out initial contact, how would that impact your family? How might that impact extended family? So I'm thinking about what you wrote to me and I asked you if you wouldn't mind reading it because I just, when I read it, it was really powerful. So, okay. Um, The longer time has gone on, the more that I wonder a lot and I see things very differently. Not knowing has caused some anguish and I mostly just want to know if the child or children are happy and thriving. Mm -hmm. And that's really it for me. Like, yeah, you see things differently than you did then. And um, that's life. Yeah. We change the way we see things. We grow, we evolve and these things that happen at, you know, the moment 2009 for you. Yep. Is a moment in time. And we place clinics and, and banks place a kind of a label on it and they say closed or back yep. back in the day anonymous or they say no contact or they say open at 18. They place these labels and those labels they stick in people's minds, especially parents. And they say, Well, no, my donor said no contact. And I, I gotta respect that. And and the maybe that's true, but what if the donor didn't say that? What if you don't know? What if they've changed their mind? Yeah. Because we constantly evolve and we constantly change. 
and we are, we get new information and we get, you have children like you did and you have life. It goes on and you experience things and you, you see things differently. And we, so we need to be able to be as flexible and, and adaptable in, in the resources and the way we provide information to families after the donation and not just have it be this one moment in time, baby's here done. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of people don't think past that. Yeah. Because it's hard, you know, getting pregnant and going through the treatments is all consuming and there yeah. aren't many resources for people to about this information, to be thinking ahead on what's best for their family. Sure. sure. Yeah. And I wonder if donors don't think past that point much either because they're not getting that information yeah. as well. So changing minds, range of emotions, so many different things to think about in yep. this process. You're dealing with human beings on every end of it. Yeah. And not to villainize the the clinics and the banks and stuff like that. Cause they're, you know, they want, they, they want to get people pregnant and that's important. Yeah. All I'm saying, all I'm over here saying is let's build another support team that it focuses sure. on the continuum of care for families and provides and offers social and psychological services mm-hmm. in some form and resources for families for ongoing needs. So yeah, let's work together, right? Melissa, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and your voice as an egg donor. And I know that it's going to be meaningful to a lot of people that are that are out there listening and, and really appreciate hearing from you. Well, thank you for giving a voice to yeah. egg donor <laughs> and oh. to others. You know, there definitely like needs to be, um, you know, you're doing the work and bridging that gap between, you know, families and Ah. stuff and it's important so it's it's really my honor to do so all right so if you are thinking of contacting your donor i have something for you this can be a very intimidating and scary time and i do recommend that you go in very intentionally and don't just jump in right away because i know a little bit about this i actually went through this myself so i met my birth father at age 20 and I met my birth mother when I was age 40. So I have a little bit of practice with this and some real life experience. I put together a really basic, think of it like a little manual that you can access online that's gonna give you steps and a timeline even, just a suggested timeline and emotions that you can expect and maybe just little pitfalls that you can avoid. So this is going to be a growing resource and this is just the beginning, but that link is going to be in the show notes. So head on over and you're going to find an entire platform um, where I'm going to be providing online courses, online webinars, online education, and, you know, just one person show over here. It takes me a while to get these things done, but um, I'm really excited about it. And because I know I can't be, I can't always show up. In person or on calls for you I want to be able to provide this information for you when you need it so head over there let me know what you think give me your feedback love to hear from you